Hello everyone. This is episode 6 of season 2 and you are listening to Love Potions by Christina Jones and this is chapter 6. Suki hooted with laughter. A matchmaker. Oh please. Come on, Topsy. Pull the other one. Crikey. I have heard such nonsense in my lifetime, but it's far from nonsense, Topsy said quietly. Cora was the best in the business. Actually, Suki was not 100% certain what a matchmaker was. She vaguely remembered that old Barbara Streisand movie. Of course, but surely Cora had never been one of those. Aware that Topsy was still watching her carefully, she knew she would have to be very kind and gentle. Disabuse Topsy of this latest fanciful notion before it, like the medical terminology, and wanting to turn the entire village into the Bluebell Girls and get completely out of hand. Using the voice she used for beauty's blessing clients when a facial had not quite cut the mustard, she smiled at Topsy. Look, it's pretty chilly in here. Why don't we sit by the fire and talk about this? Are you quite sure that you would not like a cup of tea? Don't treat me like some geriatric imbecile, Topsy snorted. Her eyes narrowing. I have still got all my marbles. This is for your own good. While we are on the subject, there is another thing. Have you never questioned why this cottage is called Pixie's Laughter? No. But why would I? Suki walked quickly across the fireplace. Because it always has been for the last 200 years, I suppose. It is just an ancient version of Dundrumen. Isn't it? I have never thought about it, although I don't know my parents wanted to change the name to Rose Cottage when they inherited it because they thought Pixie's laughter was way too twee for words. Thankfully, they did not get around to make the change, and I certainly won't. And what Has that got to do with Cora being a matchmaker anyway? You're just confusing me now. Topsy turned away from the window. The cottage is called Pixie's Laughter because that's exactly what happened here. According to the local folklore hundreds of years ago, probably before the hamlet of Bagley or Russet, Exister, 
and certainly before they were joined together as one village, this site was a hidden meadow, an enchanted place filled with magical plants. A place where illicit lovers meet in secret and drank petal wine, and where the pixie's laughter could be heard on the night air. Shiki violently tried to disguise her snigger as she bent down to switch on the gas locks. Oh, of course, silly me. Why don't I think of that? This whole place is actual with spirits and elves all the time. Sometimes you cannot even get into the bathroom because it is full of goblins. Topsy tweeted, and such levity. This is not a joke, Suki. There are things that have happened here and no one could ever explain. Cora could hear Pixie's laughter. That's how she knew she had the power. She knew she was in tune with the magical world. You have never heard them, have you? Pixie's laughing. No. Sticky front. Was Topsy actually safe to be allowed out alone? Of course not. I didn't believe in fairies. I'm glad you have not heard of them. It probably means that you are not blessed with the gift. Suki was not sure whether she was supposed to be pleased or disappointed by this. All she knew was that she really, really must not hurt Topsy's feeling. This poppycock was clearly very important to him as real to her as her medical obsession and her frustrated dancing dreams. Oh, well, we cannot have everything, can we? I will just have to learn to live with being out of tune with the little people. But do you think, seriously, if there was anything like that here, if Pixie's laughter was haunted, in any way the, that Cora would have allowed me to live here without warning me. Topsy had not moved from the window. 1. It is not haunted. 2. Cora did not give the cottage to you, did she? She left it to your parents. Who, if you will forgive me, saying, are the most unimaginative, stolid, and uninspiring couple I have ever met. There was no danger of them being touched by the magic or having the least curiosity about the cottage or its past. I'm sure Cora willed it to them, knowing that they would probably sell it and you would never live here, never have to find out about its history. But my parents must have known the cottage was okay and Cora was not a matchmaker. Suki sunk into her favorite deep cushioned armchair, still stumbling over the word. 
they let her be my godmother for heaven's sake they would not have done it if they had thought that she was a witch cora was not a damn witch she was your mother's aunt an aunt i must say who your mother shamefully ignored because she refused to confirm asking her to be your godmother was simply paying lip service for the family they would not have known anything about the matchmaking and an I doubt if your parents knew or cared very much about Cora at all. Siki nodded. That much was probably true. Cora and her parents had always been light years apart. It was however unpleasant to hear from Topsy. She really wished she could rush to her parents' defense. or even wanted to tempted by the last warmth topsy crossed the room and held out wrinkled brown hands towards the fire she watched the blue and red and yellow flames dancing all her life all your mother had cared about was her social climbing the latest must have heavens i have never known a more self obsessed person than your mother even as a little girl she should have married that awful punctuous prick marvin benson she stared at the fire for a moment longer and then smiled at ziki Oh did I tell you that I asked his wife Jocelyn if she would like to join Cancaners she said no but she's going to do an interview with you about the troupe for the Bagley Bugle and would that be nice thought the Bensons and the Cancaners and the bloody Bagley Bugle Sticky snapped. Don't start back paddling now, Dopsy. Snooky snapped. Don't start back paddling now. You started telling me this nonsense about Cora, so please just carry on. Go on. You were saying that Cora left Pixie's laughter to mom and dad because she knew they were not into Saturday night satanism. and therefore would not have any sixth sense about the sacrificial altar in the garden shade or recognizing a duckings too in the outside privy is that right don't mock suki dear please don't mock this is nothing to do with devil worship or black magic Oh witchcraft I know Cora really wanted you to live in this cottage because you loved it and she loved you very much we discussed it a lot but she knew it might be too dangerous she always felt you were little fay fay 
bloody fay. I am not fay. I am not a bloody half goblin. This is real life, and I am an aromatherapist, working with synthetic oils and fragrances. I'm hardly likely to go ripening up clumps of nestles from the garden at the dawn when I have got all these gorgeous little bottles of what? What have I said now? Nestles. John, there you are. You see, you automatically mentioned the most magical time of the day for herbal gathering, and nestle in one breath. Nestles are the one of the most potent ingredient of any love potion. Bollocks! I've just said John because. It's what fairy tales are all about because nestles are one of the most boring plants ever, and they grow everywhere, and the garden is full of them. And what love potions? What love potions? Topsy turned away from the gas log, and perched on the edge of one of the cushiony chair opposite Suki. You really have not been listening, have you? Cora made love potion. Have not I already explained? You said she was a matchmaker. Even if I believe that a bit, which I don't, I thought you meant she was a sort of pre-computer Dateline.com or something. You know. Got her mates together, sorted out with which bloke they fancied, and have a word with few years and that sort of thing. You mean concocted mixture from plant, and she, like dandelions and bordeaux for beginners, and forced them down people's throat. Topsy side. Drinking the love potion, where her main stock of trade, yes, but Cora worked with infusions and oils as well, which is why I needed to tell you just in case. I suddenly got the urge to go skipping rounds of the garden and pulling up weeds, boiling them. Mashing them down, straining them into bottles, and rubbing them into unsuspecting people. Yeah, right. Very likely, would I have all the twenty-first century fragrances and essences and oils I need out there in those cases? Oils and infusions. Which will help my clients and reach their lives. No bloody potion poison them. Topsy said nothing, just perched on the edge of the big fat chair and still looking sad. Sicky sighed. She really did not need this. She had enough silly things to occupy her waking moments. 
She looked across the room through her window at the darkening steel grey sky and scuttling charcoal clouds and then back at Topsy. Okay, so if she was so bloody good at being a matchmaker, how come she never married? And what about you? Did you get the late Mr. Turvey to propose you by choking one of the chorus bottle over his head or chanting Love Divine? Algernon Turvey, be mine, or some such nonsense? Topsy winced. That is rather insensitive of you, dear. But since you ask, yes, I used Cora's special skill, but it was not quite as bland as you, your version. I was not in love with Algernon Turvey, but he was with me. He was never the love of my life. But I asked Cora to make him my husband. Topsy smiled clearly in some far-off place. Look, dear, I can understand why you're angry and confused. I just wish I have not needed to tell you any of these, but I promised Cora, promised her that I would look after you, okay, and I will keep my eye on you, and if there was any sort of danger at all, that you might find out about the flower magic, which I would not have done it if you had not told me, would I? But you might have done with your chosen trade or working from home. I could not risk it. I would never forgive myself. Look, I have probably said enough for now. Just be careful, Sydney, that's all. Not at all. Tell me, tell me all of it. Everything. Sydney leaned back in her chair. And I still don't believe any of these. But you cannot stop now, so go on and tell me the rest. Please, Topsy, promise. I won't mock. Topsy stared deep into the fire. That is not much to tell me and Cora. We were friends, like you and young Chelsea. Just as giggly and giddy. Hard for you to believe, but I'm sure. But I have not always been an old lady. And nothing much changes. When Cora and me and all other village girls were young, your age or younger, and like you had rampaging emotion and needed love, all the young men had gone to war. All of them. Well, most, there were some who were not fit enough or in reserved occupation or pacifist. But the major of boys 
our age boys who were our age we yearned for just as much as you teenagers do today were suddenly taken away gone to fight and probably to die gone to who knew where and for who knew how long imagine it how would you feel if that happened today Siki stared at the dancing flame of the gas log how would it be just awful too awful to contemplate if young men like Louis Flanagan and Derek Kavanagh and all other gorgeous boys were suddenly taken away from the village to fight and probably die so do you mean once all the boys had gone to war if the girls could not have their first choice then Cora concocted something from the weeds to make them fall in love with whoever was available the old men or the invalids any part of in a storm that's disgusting it's very easy to be prim about it now Siki but it was not like that at all it was just that some girls left alone in these village lonely and scared and bored whatever needed was love there was other boys stationed near here or visiting foreigner servicemen who were also desperately lonely and homesick separated from the loved ones they once had goodness you know how these things happen Cora mixed portion for them because she had the gift she saw it as a service for lovelorn and lonely just as a short-term thing of course but some of the relationship developed into more than that what's wrong with that the war lasted for years and years I suppose the woman at home would had moved on and if they found happiness with strangers all very well for the single girls but when the local boys came back after war there some pretty serious elations in the place do you understand a married woman fiancés madly in love with another people not all down to Cora of course but scores of desperate women who had taken her elixir to start with begged her to make them fall in love with their men again men who had been away for five to six years or who were virtually strangers it all got a bit unpleasant in some cases Cora never forgave herself for such and some of the more 
unfortunate pairing or marriage breakups. It was not that she would intend it to do. That's what I mean by troubles and that's why she stopped matchmaking. Even if it happened, Suki till doubted. It was all ancient history, maybe, just maybe. Cora had discovered some sort of horrible mind-altering plans and maybe, just maybe, there were enough lonely and gullible women in the village to believe that would work. But that was then. This is now. Real time. Simply not relevant. It was, as so many of Topsy's story were, simply a ritual myth writ large. Okay, if I buy that much of the story, it still does not explain why Cora never managed to make her love potion work for herself. Or why would you end up with non-turvy? Who couldn't love? Topsy seemed to withdraw into color of her mac, like a turtle, disappearing into itself. Her voice was very faint. Cora and I were in love with two village lads, very much in love. When it was obvious that the war was about to start. They were all fired off with patriotic zeal and enlisted. They said that they would get the pick of fighting job rather than waiting for the compulsory call-up and becoming cannon folders. Suki started to stare into the flames again. How strange to think Topsy and Cora had been like her and Chelsea. They were done World War II at school. She knew all about it. It just had not seemed to have involvement of real people, real girls in love with real boys. What happened to them, the boys you loved? Cora's boyfriend was blown to bits in a bag of a luster bummer. Mine was killed in the western desert. Suki swallowed. She was not sure where the western desert was, but it does not matter. She could not look at Topsy. Cora certainly had not looked at anyone else. Her heart was broken forever. Topsy's voice was still quiet. Me? I probably should not have done it, but I did not want to be Miss Jen Millet for the rest of my life. Jen Millet, Suki front, opened her mouth and shut it again. Of course, Topsy must have been saddled with the nickname the minute she married Agernon. It was like her geography teacher, Miss Blake. One turn, married to a Mr. Crawley in the holidays and forever after known to the entire school as creepy, Topsy pulled at the folds of her mac with skinny 
wizened fingers, Nunturvy was a farmhand. He did not go to work. He had flat feet and dicky ticker to the boot. He was here. He was a man and he was young and he liked me. It probably sounds odd to you, but it really wanted to be married, so asked Cora to make me a potion to take. And it worked. Yes, married. We married and were happy enough until the dicky ticker did for him. I never stopped loving my first beer and I knew I did not love none like he loved me but Cora kept giving me top ups. Me and none bumbled along together that for the next 30 odd years and no I did not regret it. I would I was still better than being alone. Suki said nothing for the moment. She could she herself as Cora and Topsy and the other girls must have been back all those years ago. She could understand how without the freedom and diversion of 21st century life, they must have been desperate enough to grab at anything. But even so, Topsy learned forward leaned in the big fat chair. Suki, all I wanted to do was to warn you that things can happen here. The gentle magic of plants has been used for thousands of years, especially plants that grows in a place like Pixie's laughter. Cora knew how to engage earth energies. No, don't laugh at me, I told her. She should have let you know what went on here, but she said it was not necessary because you got your heart set on being a beautician. That other place would never be your home and that you would never be tempted to use the garden. I think she thought you would be standing behind a counter in a department store with your face plastered in makeup. She clearly had no idea it would eventually involve these flower potions, massages or that you would be living here. Surely it was all too bizarre to be true, but what if it was not? What if Cora did have some sort of gift? What if the tangled garden of Pixie's laughter really was a storehouse of magic plants. Suki listened to the March wind buffeting around the cottage making the gas logs sing. So did Cora write all this down? All her potions did she have an ancient recipe book like one the one in Mitzi's blessing found for her herbal cookery. No. Suki startled at Topsy. She stared. The denial had been way too quick. Far, far too quick. 
I don't believe you. She did, didn't she? It's here somewhere, isn't it? Still in the cottage. No. Topsy said again. There was no book, nothing written down. You know there was. Suki struggled from the depths of the fat cushion. Topsy, you know. And you hoped that it would have been chucked out when mom and dad cleared the paperwork out of the cottage after Cora died. But you cannot be sure. Can you? There is still a lot of her stuff everywhere, so it could be well be here, couldn't it? Topsy stood up in one graceful moment straightened her mag headed for the hallway there is no book no papers no recipes cora had it all in her head everything died with her suki i'm sorry if i have upset you with any of these but i do not regret telling you you have the information now what you do with it is up to you. Now, if you will excuse me, I really do have to go. I like to be snugged in early Saturday night ready for casualty. For the window, Suki watched Topsy stride down the garden path and disappear into grey gathering marsh gloom. The cottage suddenly seemed strangely silent lonely despite the cheery gas log shivered she wished Mila was home she wished chelsea would turn up and fill the cottage with giggles and scrolliest gossip as they prepared for the hen night she wished that she could not hear the soft sighing of the window and the hish of the rain she really wished it did not sound quite so much like gentle distant and high-pitched laughter and that is all for this chapter six i will see you in next chapter good night everyone